What's up, guys? So we're here with Teddy, Daniel, Knox, and myself. We uh, have been sitting around, and we've been talking about the generation that we live in where communication is truly um, affected greatly by a simple thing as a smiley face emoji. Um, Knox was about to go down a rabbit hole, so I'll let him take the floor. And go ahead, Knox. Oh, Jesus. Um, okay. I was just saying about, I'm, I'm talking like you guys now, but I just think it's like so messed up how now we're in a day and age where something is so small as an emoji is like, holds such importance in a conversation. Like saying, Hey, but then saying, Hey, with like, a like a smiley face, like, Oh, Whoa, she wants it. You know, like that's so, that's so dumb to me. Well, it makes sense. Cause like, so much of nowadays is like fucking texting. People don't call each other on the phone that much anymore. It's like if you're constantly, it, it's like it takes space communication from like now on. And so it, you have to find ways to like make it so you can like portray yourself. But it also, it, it blows because not everyone texts like that, right? So like Zach uses a thousand emojis. <laughs> I use so many. And, and, Actually, I had this situation when I was in Denver is that I had, I was texting one of my friends that I worked with and she's a girl and she kept saying that I was so flirty with her, but I wasn't like flirt. I wasn't actually physically trying to flirt with her, but I was just using emojis. So she thought I was flirting with her. And so I talked to my brother and sister about it and she was like, yeah, Daniel, like, guys don't text like you do. So girls think that how other, every, all the other guys text, no emojis is normal. And then if a guy does text with a bunch of emojis, then it's flirting. So I text with a bunch of emojis. And I so didn't know that because I do too. And I like, and that's what I've always done. And I yeah. didn't know that, that was like flirty. I thought that was just like, oh, I'll add a little face at the end of my text. Right? Like, adds, makes add, it fun. So, add, add some flavor to it, you know? For me, one of the things I love about talking in person is body language and reading someone's face. And for me, I think texting is all about the potential to fuck up the body, the lack of body language in words, in reading words. Things can certainly get lost through texting. I've run into that issue a lot. Where like you're trying to say one thing, and then because they can't hear tone, they can't see, they can't see you as you're trying to convey what you're saying. It's taken a completely opposite way of what you intended, and then suddenly. You're the asshole. Exactly. Like, I, in my newly, like, as I'm growing my professional life with these event companies that I'm starting to work with, I feel like I have to cut back on my emojis. And I do to a degree because there's, like, I get texts, like, um, I, I don't know. I feel like it's so impersonal to respond to, a, like, a job request. No. Or can't make it. Or sorry, can't make it. I feel like the, um, like, sorry, I can't make it, like, frowny face. To me, I, like, I know it's not professional, but to me, that's giving off all of myself and showing that person who I am and, like, not holding anything back. And I know that there's a time for being professional and not being professional, but... 
as you guys, as the three of you know, I really, I, I try and blur those lines as much as possible. Because if I don't like you personally, I don't want to work with you professionally. Because I don't think that's healthy for business relationships. To not use emojis? No. So how do you blur the lines of professional and friendly relationships, but then try to then be so harsh to say that if I don't like you personally, then I don't want to work with you professionally. So you can't blur those lines and then have a black and white approach. That's fair. I have to make it distinct. Like, are we going to be professional or are we going to be personal? Because if you try to do both, and then you don't like them personally, then you're not going to want to work with them. Then it's completely... Yeah. But they might be good for your business, but you might think they're an asshole. But, so the way I think about it is if you're texting someone, so like Zach, your cousin helped me out and connected me with someone, and so I'm considering, I don't consider him like a friend. He's like a, a business, that, like he's helping me get a connection, right? Mm -hmm. So when I texted him, I said, thank you very much for chatting with me. I really appreciate taking your time, and here's my email address if you can like send me in the right direction. No emojis, but I did use an exclamation point to to show him how excited I am about it. But so I don't think it would be appropriate for me to send a smiley face or an emoji or anything like that. I agree. I if, absolutely not. If I ever speak with somebody at like school or business or something like that, all of that is very business like. I don't text them like I would text one of y'all. Like the way the way I approached it is like if. If you're emailing a professor, if you're emailing someone about business, it's if you're not going to throw in a colon then a parentheses to show that like you're smiling in that email, then it probably shouldn't be in a text either. I agree. So emojis aren't an email thing. True. So if if you're not going to throw in a, an emoji in an email, then you shouldn't be texting that either. Yeah. But so like I send you guys emojis all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's because that's we're friends. Totally. We're, not, we're not trying well, to emojis like, that you can't business. Like, I've had professional, like, where, like, you just send, like, a thumbs up. Like, we're like, I got it. You know, like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that's when you just want to be, like, short and sweet. Yeah, you know? they're short and sweet. But, but like, I would never be, like. But, but I don't send, like, like. I mean, okay, like, like. Sure, I'll get that shift on Friday, smiley face. Smiley face, like, fucking down. Yeah, no, you don't do that. Unless you're literally, like, friends with your manager. Like, there's... Okay, think of it this way. But see, I would want to be friends with my manager, and that's... Okay, but there's a difference between wanting to be friends... And, and actually and being friends. You have to reach that point first. Like, the first time I meet my a manager, right? And I'm like, really what's up, get... dude? And be like, and fucking high-five him. No, you're going to shake his hand... You're gonna be professional until you get to know them well enough. Yeah. To where you see, there's there comes a point where, and this is where I think it's not okay to blur the lines. Like you have to, there has to be a clear line of. There has to be a foundation first. You have yeah. to build that foundation you before you can actually build into being like a friend or something. Exactly. Like that. You have to have a professional relationship. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be like firm handshakes and eye contact, but professional could just be. You know, we meet a new friend. Like you're not gonna unload all of your humor on them in the beginning. Like you gotta feel each other out and get comfortable. And if the friendship works, then it becomes friendly. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I, I don't know the way I kind of, I think I've some of the books that I've read, especially this little victories book that I've just been reading, 
is very much kind of do you to the best of your ability, whether other people like it or not. And I think that's one thing that's kind of being lost. And it's one thing that's being newly, it's, there's a, it's difficult because I think the art of human connection is being lost completely in our generation in a direct face-to-face sense. I think that there's still human connection between texting and Facebook and Instagram and um, all the other platforms of social media. But I think one thing that I'm also coming to learn in the speech class that I'm taking is that the art of the conversation is dying. Where Daniel and I were talking about this the other day. I would much rather call all three of you up and be like, hey, what are you up to? Cool, bye. Instead of texting, hey man, what are you doing? Like to me, a five minute phone call or a three minute phone call where a small joke can be said is so much more important than a random text that you don't need to reply to for five hours. But like, I totally respect and appreciate the art of the text of like, um, secret, honestly, the secret communication aspect of it. If you're sitting in the same room with someone, being able to text somebody across the room that you don't want anybody to hear anybody else to hear your conversation. I respect that. But I think the whole age of meeting girls on Tinder, meeting guys on Tinder, meeting, um, <laughs> like the whole dating app aspect and the whole, oh, swipe right, instant gratification is really kind of destroying our culture. And it's also in the Dataclism book that I was reading. It's just so interesting to see the difference in relationships between high school kids when our parents were kids and when we were in high school and even now like coaching lacrosse kids that I coach in high school it's there have been such big generational gaps between the three of us that it's I don't know what what do you guys think about it I think texting certainly has its advantages like sometimes I can't answer right now and so if you send me a text and I answer it and like like in 15 minutes all, all, all minutes that's that's fine but if you call me and i'm like hey i can't talk now okay bye it's like wow that asshole you know no. so like but but yeah you, no i get, I get what you you're get trying it. to so, say so but i like, i yeah, i certainly like think it i certainly think it has its its advantages um but i do wish that we were at a point where we can just sorry <laughs> I'm like I'm like six years dude dude cool. but um <laughs> but I do wish that that we could be at a point where it was just a text like hey how far away are you okay cool and then like I'm here and then we talk and right. and it's and I I'm very two-sided on this aspect because i like to talk i like to have somebody to talk with i like to have somebody to like share things with and stuff like that but you can't always be 
with everybody. So I like to text them and like see how their day was and stuff like that. And so at the same time, I wish that like I could actually be with them in person and speak to them and stuff like that. And so I, I don't know. I understand both sides of the spectrum. Yes. I'm on, probably on both sides too. Daniel, Teddy, what do you guys think about it? So I don't think, I don't think we're having the right, we're, we, we're all in agreement that texting has its plus, it's like the, the positive sides of it. And then there's obviously like a negative side that's impacting our cultures. Like no one's, that's like, yeah, that's we're we're okay there. But so I think the, the issue is like the, the games that are played via texting. That's just so annoying. Yeah. Which, which sucks. But, um, like it's, it gets kind of, it's hard because like Zach said, there's no, there's no body language that you can read. There's no, there's very, there's a lot of different ways that a text can be interpreted. So that's why the emojis come into play to help make it more clear. I think there was a couple times where uh, I was texting Teddy and Teddy told me something and I said, I said, cool, dude. Or I said, yeah, dude, hundred percent. And he thought I was being an ass. But I was actually just agreeing with him. He was like, dude, dude. He was like, yeah, dude, just yeah, hundred percent, dude. Me one more time, I'm gonna freak out. <laughs> I was like, no, that was actually like I was actually agreeing with you. Like you're correct. Um, and so obviously things can get a little like misinterpreted. But you know, like how you speak though. Sometimes like, yeah, dude, hundred percent. But, and then you like yeah. add something else, like you always do that on like how I would think that like, like an older brother, like, like, like brother exactly was like, you like, you're like, yeah, dude, you're so right. But here's why you're wrong. It's just <laughs> like, exactly. you, you do that all the time and I love it. I think it's uh, hilarious. But so that's why I could kind of get why he's like, you do that true. one more fucking time. That's true. That's true. Um. But so I think I think the 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 thing for me when it comes to like texting is like is the girls on these uh, apps and all that kind of stuff. Um, and honestly, like those those apps are a whole other discussion. But when you're texting a girl and they're the um, like she texts you first, right? And then you answer her question or whatever, or say hello, what's up, like how are you doing? And then it's the one worded or the one sentence answers. Yeah. Like to me, there's no point in texting those kinds of conversations because there's, it's the, Hey, Hey, what's up? What's going on? Nothing much. You. Nothing. That's one of the major negatives that I would totally agree with you on. But so I don't think that it's fair that to, to, it's not texting's fault that that's a thing. It's the person's fault because yeah. they're not interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking suck, dude. <laughs> Um, but so I think that, yeah, when it comes down to it, that I think, I don't know. I want to go down the rabbit hole of the, uh, the online dating apps. I, I do too. They're ridiculous. Teddy and I had a conversation about it a couple weeks ago, months ago. Um, right, Teddy? About what? The dating apps. Tinder, Bumble. Yeah, all that nonsense. It was yeah. Go ahead, Daniel. Um, so pretty much, 
So you said something about like the whole instant gratification of like swiping right and like matching with someone like yeah the I mean boom, I knew new that match. and it feels it feels good you're like wow this person liked me enough or like my pictures enough to like swipe right 100%. but one of the things that I think that's not necessarily a bad thing I think it's kind of like a a plus and everyone kind of like looks down on it like who was it it's Anne's girl Anne's sister that met her boyfriend on Tinder or something and they've been dating for a year. Like they won't tell you yeah. that they met on Tinder, and like I think that's bad because it's like it's everyone's always like, yeah, I just want to meet the person like at a bar, or like I just want to meet him at the grocery store. But the whole Tinder and Bumble and all those online apps, think of them, they're just like another route. It's, it's another way to meet people. It's a way to skip the step of running into them. Yeah, yeah. it's just it, it's like another way to meet people. It's 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 not better or worse than meeting them at just like randomly here and there, but you're randomly meeting them on the app and you just both happen to swipe right. You both happen to be in the same area, whatever. So it's, it, there's still like a sense of like mystery. There's a sense of chance to it. Yeah. I, I get that argument, but then at the same time, it's like you're both there. Like when you go to a bar, well, or to a Publix or something or a gym, you go to buy food or you go to work out. When you're on Tinder, you're there to meet somebody who you think is hot, who you want to either have sex with or have something more with them. And so, so yeah. you're kind of like, I feel like it's not as genuine in a sense because you're both there for a common goal. Whereas, whereas if it's at like a gym or Publix or something like that, it's like it just happened to happen. Yeah. And then it just kind of worked out. So I don't know if genuine is the right word to use because it's still it's if you're able to match with someone, actually meet them over all those texting issues that we just talked about, plus like them, and I still think that's like pretty awesome. Even if you both had the idea of like I kind of want to get to know this person, yeah, like that's still, I mean, yeah, it's it loses the spontaneity of like running into someone, but it's still. So, I think one that, thing that I. I think it's different now. I think it's completely different now, the Tinder Bumble game and et cetera, et cetera. But I think when it first came out, when we were, we were in high school when Tinder first came out, because I remember Craig, were we? Yeah. Teddy, Teddy, Craig and I were sitting at sushi in Bradenton and Craig pulled up Tinder on his phone. And the two of us were like, what the fuck is Tinder? And he's like, dude, it's great. You match these girls, you go meet them, and you like, you can date. It's awesome. And Teddy and I are like, yeah, man, that's kind of cool. And then I got to Michigan, and like, we didn't. Down, I downloaded Tinder for a little bit senior year, but I didn't. I like deleted it after a couple months. I was like, this is stupid. Like, and then I got to Michigan State, and one of my best friends from Michigan State, I met her through her roommate. Because of Tinder. Like, it it has brought me so much great. And at the same time, it's brought a lot of, all right, you're a boring person, a terrible person. This was terrible. But I think, like, when it first came out, it was so new and so magical that everyone was like, oh, like Daniel said, it's another room. It's another place to meet someone. And it's genuine because you're like, oh, they've described themselves accurately. There were no, there were some witty bios 
on Tinder, but none of it was like, uh, what's what's the one you made for me? It's like, I can cook, I can kill bugs, and I can build. And I guess I'm just the whole package is like the like my current Tinder bio. But it used to be like a decent description of me. Like, I played here, I grew up here, went to high school here. And then I was getting matches, and then all of a sudden it kind of seemed like the quality of bio, bios deteriorated as the time went on on tinder like when i first got it it was all like cool this is who i am this is what i do this is where i go this is bleh. this is bleh. and now it's just like two word bios that are like i'm literally only liking you for your picture not your personality and i think that's also one of the i don't know i think that's one of the things that's being lost on this generation is like in the past people would actually like find someone or I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it was more prevalent to find someone, meet them and legitimately hang out with them instead of find them, meet them and immediately want to get in their pants. Well, like, and also back in the day, you could like, we all wouldn't flirt as much as we do if we didn't have phones. Right. Like I, I agree with that. Like, I, I can say the world's about like, so, well, about someone over a text within in person, I might sound like a fucking dumbass, right? You know, so I mean, I feel like that also kind of like takes away the fear factor of it, of like actually having to say something in person until you already get to that point where you already know that they want to hang out with you and stuff like that, and they want to like possibly hook up with you or something, and then like that kind of like anxiety of like, holy shit, what's about to happen? to an extent, kind of goes away a little bit. So, I completely agree with that, but I think one thing that, like, I pride myself on... I, I pride myself on, well, as much of a horny fuck that I am, like... Hi, Karen. Hi, Mom. <laughs> um, I just... I much rather get to know someone and just discover if they're like a fun person. I really want to hang out with them rather than like, if I find someone hot or not attractive, I just want to get laid. I will treat that person very differently than the majority of the way I treat other people where if I meet someone in a genuine setting, a lot of times I do just want to be friends with that person. And I think that there have been multiple times where I've met people um, and I've genuinely just wanted to be a friend and I came on real strong. I know I came on way too strong, but I didn't. You do that a lot. I, I know I do that a lot. <laughs> I'm a little aggressive. But I came on strong, but it was a, as sincere as sincere gets in, hey, I think you'd like my friends. Come hang out with me and my friends and bring your friends. We'll have a great time. And not just, hey, come hang out on my couch for half an hour. Like, it, I feel like that also is being lost among our generation because there are so many guys that I know um, that literally every conversation I have with them is the same. They come up to me like, fucking hot girls lately? Or, hey, you see any hot chicks lately? Or, like... 
It's all about having sex with girls, not like enjoying people for their company, regardless of their age, gender, sex, et cetera, et cetera. If somebody only tried to talk to me about how many hot girls I fucked or something like that, I'd probably blow like shoot my brains out. Like, yeah. you really don't have anything else to add to the conversation besides. And that's why I try to not say. hang out with those people. Well, so there's the there's the hookup culture, which is like big in now, our generation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is it though, or is it just we're seeing it a lot more because it's not so much of a he said she said thing. It's like a oh shit, somebody caught that on Snapchat, or like well now a text can spread around instantly. There's whereas back in the day it was just like. If you two hooked up and didn't tell anybody, nobody would know. Sure, but like, so you know? we don't know. So as as of our knowledge, yeah. But like, think about it. Like my grandparents, they my grandpa was twenty four, my grandma was twenty one when they got married, and that Jeez. that's really common back then, right? And so obviously they just don't have as many years to be like super slutty as us, I guess. Right. Not saying that they weren't. But like, yeah, but also like right know. now on my Facebook feed, for instance, I'm saying everybody's engaged or about to get married or like, popping kids out. Yeah, like, totally. and, and we're not that old. <laughs> no, totally. But what I'm saying is that it's 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 different now because women aren't. Their job is not to have a kid and be a housewife anymore. Exactly. People, yeah, yeah, totally. They're waiting and having a career and everything, which is awesome. I totally support it. Feminist over here, um, <laughs> um, and so obviously, like the, the stats show that like the that women are waiting to have kids more so than they did in the past. But there's obviously that prominent hookup culture that we're at least aware of now, whether it's because of phones or if it's actually around or whatever. Um, but fucking train of thought. I'm gonna pick up your train of thought right there. Ooh, really quick. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I think, like you were saying, like at, when they first came out, it was they were like dating apps, but then they started to become get the reputation of hookup apps. Yeah, and so that's, that's all. That's like what they are now. So not mm -hmm. saying you can't meet anyone now, but like that, it's like a it's a driver for hookups, and like not necessarily like everyone that uses it is just looking for a hookup, of course, but. It's like, right, but that's exactly that's the conversation that I wanted to have tonight is where was that change and can we track that change and why did it change? Because it went from being, I think it truly was something magical where two of my friends are currently married right now because of Tinder. Like my friend Nate and his wife, Yen, they're happily married. And I also know a bunch of people that have dated people for a weekend, a week three weeks, a couple months, or people that have been dating for five years off of Tinder and then it didn't work out. So it's it's a very interesting transition that's like what happened in our culture that caused it, such as like, was it technology? Was it, I'm fun of your cooler buddy. Um, was it technology? Was it like, population like what what are these driving factors that are changing the culture of our society technology well technology hasn't changed since tinder came out 
So like uh, Tinder is still Tinder. To a degree. But it's evolved o- over time and it's grown. But yeah, but we're not so talking, like, we're talking about the change. No, we're, we're talking about the... I, I'm like, how has Instagram changed and maybe affected how people's profiles look on Tinder? Or maybe how has Snapchat changed where... I think access to it and you, you as a human can evolve to become more creative in the things that you do. Like on Instagram, when I first got it, I got it before it became like a big time app. And mm-hmm. I got on it and I was the only one of my friends on it. And I put up a photo and I had all these horrible filter <laughs> things. And then I didn't get any like, cause I didn't have any, like, like I didn't have any friends on there. And so I was like, this is dumb. And I got, and then it was gone. Like, yeah. but then six months after that, everybody started to get it. And then suddenly it's become this huge thing. And I feel like it's obvious now that they have people who make their income off of Instagram, like stuff like, like that has become yeah. their life. And some have learned to expand their business <clears throat> here at this point um, <laughs> <laughs> through Instagram and other forms of social platforms and stuff like that. So I think that certainly it's just over time, humans have evolved in a smaller sense to learn how to use these apps to get the most out of them. Yeah. And when something first comes out, like it's like when you buy a new game and you're like, okay, how the fuck do I jump or sprint or shoot? And you don't know, but then after you've been playing for six months, you got down and you can jump, shoot, do a backflip, whatever the fuck. So yeah. <laughs> it's just it, it, it's just a matter of learning how to use it in order to get the best results from what you're trying to use, I think. So I think that – I think Tinder probably started off as like a dating app because like, I mean, Snapchat I think started as – a nudes sending app. I don't think that was there. I, yeah, I, it was not. No. I, I think it was meant for. I think, at least, I think when Zach and I first got it, because we, we were got the first like, two. Year, yeah. yeah, because. You guys are dick pics to each other? Damn right. It sounds right. But anyway, <laughs> well, I think it depends on the people that use the apps that changes it. So obviously, when you're going, yeah. when you're using it, you have your certain intention, right? And so. If you're going on there to meet someone and everyone you're meeting is looking up for hookups, then it's not going to work out for you. But if you're going on there looking to hook up with people and other people are looking to hook up with you, then you're like, okay, cool. Then it works as a hookup app. If you're going on there looking for someone and someone else you meet is also looking for someone, then it works like that. 100%. So I think just over time, a lot of people that used it used it as a hookup app. And so then it became develop that reputation even though there's still people that met and dated or whatever i think the original intent was for it to be like the phone version of like match or like something like that like like a super fast way to just like you're hot you're not and then if you think i'm hot let's like meet up and it might be something but then it's kind of turned into like a you're hot i'm hot let's fuck and then that's kind of it. Yeah. And there certainly are some diamonds that can come out of the coal, but. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, yeah. And there's definitely, um, like, there's Hinge now. What is with, that? 
it's like yeah. a more it's like match.com but for your phone it's like a it's like it's more than tinder and bumble but less than match.com so like where would it follow along okay cupid I don't, I, I've, I never that. I don't even, I've never used OkCupid. So I've used OkCupid okay, and Zoosk. Um, okay, Zoosk? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> tried everything, boys. Um, I doesn't seem desperate or anything. No, you had that one app for exclusively Jewish. Oh, JDate and JSwipe? Yeah. The Tinder for Jews? It's great. <laughs> I actually did that too, and it was miserable. All the girls were not hot. I'm still pro Jewish ladies, but like. <laughs> Not the most attractive. Um, where were we? So if you're hot and you're Jewish, hit up Daniel. <laughs> that is Dan Person eighteen at Instagram. Oh, by the way, do you need a video filmed? Do you need any production value? Helios Point, hired by Teddy. Hired by Teddy? I don't know what I said. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so here I pulled up an article about Snapchat. There was an attempt. Um, says, yada, 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 2011, when Stanford grad Evan Spiegel and Bobby Murphy launched Snapchat, user adoption was slow, but students at a few California grade schools began downloading it as a very convenient workaround for communicating. Firstly, it allowed them to send messages and photos and writing away from the eye of parents and teachers. Um, second, it works over Wi-Fi, so sending messages doesn't deplete the family's data plan that used to be a thing, by the way. Sorry, tangent. Data plans. Let's talk about that a little bit later. It's still a thing. Yeah, but how many people do you know that are like, oh, I've only got 40 gigs? There's so many unlimited plans around now. Roommate a day ago was like, I can't text you because I'm not on Wi Fi and I run out of data. Literally a day ago. I I mean, (laughs) obviously things have progressed to the point where there's a lot more unlimited plans now. Um, But I, I think opposed to that three years ago, but like I think what yeah, you're what you're thinking of is like you can only have a certain amount of texts a month, yeah, or something, that. or like Did you, you guys have like, that? you can only have thirty like thirty minutes of talk time on the phone per month, or like something like that. Yeah, that's now that has become obsolete. Like you can send us many texts or talk on the phone all you want. It's all about data and how much data you use. So here, third in this article, the app worked on devices that aren't smartphones, so teens who don't yet have phones could also join in the messaging fun. So that was the original purpose of Snapchat. It was just a secondary messaging application for anyone. When was Snapchat not on a phone? On iPod Touches. Because uh, Snapchat came out so okay, long ago, yeah. Um, yeah, like we're not the iPod Touches. Yeah, iPod Touches when they added cameras after like the iPhone, what was it, three, four? The Something iPhone like two because I had the second one, and then the, the third one came out with the cameras. Yeah, I missed out on that wave. Um, where were we? Kids back then did not need Snapchat. Um, no. no. So actually, here's a whole another tangent. For I know none of us are near children anytime soon. Let's hope not. Where <laughs> <laughs> things are going, I might. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I don't think that any of us are near children anytime soon. But raising your children, how would you? How would you guys go about technology and interacting with your children? 
that's a really hard question to answer because te- technology changes every year. Right. I, so are we assuming that if we no. all had a kid right now, how would we handle everything? Let's go both ways. Let's go around. Let's go. Let's go both ways. Let's do. Let's start with one is um, technology as it is right now. How would we let our children interact with technology, or how do we think technology will affect our children if we have them in ten years? Teddy, you start. Mr. Tech Guru, technician. <laughs> uh, I think right now, like it's pretty easy to pull your kid away from technology, and I would certainly understand that I can't keep them away from it forever. But I still would want them to understand that they have to use it in not twenty four seven, but understand that it's important to interact with people around you, it's important to use your imagination, go outside, all those things. I I believe in that, but I also need them to understand that technology is going to be a part of their everyday lives. And that it's okay that they understand it, but try to teach them. It's gonna, it sounds cheesy, like we grew up in a world like where we didn't have technology. And I can try to show them that, but they'll never understand it. So that's kind of one question that I wanted to add is if you had a choice of when to introduce technology on a grand scale. So like for us, I feel like we were, I mean, I can't say we weren't, we had technology is such a loose term, but like for us, I think video games and computers came out when we were what, seven? When we were kids, we had Game Boy Advances and Game yeah. Cubes and right. stuff that like that. Right, that was just the start. But, but, that but was... we didn't have smartphones or Xbox Ones or we like smart yeah. TVs. and We still played outside. Yeah. Right. But I remember, all right, I'll let you, actually, I'll just let you finish. But I was kind of thinking, like, what age do you think would be appropriate to give them um, the unlimited power of all access of all access technology rather than the technology that we had that was limited to offline use only like ps2s ps1s and game boys and psps those are all offline devices do you mean like give give them like a computer or give them like a phone so they can search what like have the access to the internet is that what you mean kind of yeah at at what age Okay, so let's just summarize, just summarize this down to at what age would you allow your kid to have an iPhone? Because that's, yeah, that, let's, let's that's go, let's go basic games, basics, yeah. internet. Thank you for simplifying. Like, yeah, so like at, at, at what age would you let your kid go from a flip phone can call mom and dad and a friend to iPhone can see anything they want online? Middle school, seven. Sixth, seventh grade. Okay. But to answer the other part, sorry, here's the other part of the question. Like in ten years, it's not going to matter because yeah. everywhere they go, every classroom that they step into, from the time they're in kindergarten, like ten years from now, technology. Like, when's the last time any of us used a book 
in our class. You know, when were you in a class? Yeah, like last year, like last semester. But what I'm saying is, when was the last <laughs> time you had a teacher teach out of a book and not use a computer? Yeah, I get that. that. Not use a screen. When was the last time you wrote an essay not using a computer? When was the last time you didn't download your notes offline or your your syllabus? Yeah. So, I think what I'm saying is like there's textbooks. Yeah, we still use them, but. That's on its way out. We actually have now books online. Like yeah, our, our textbooks are like on, on the computer. Yeah. yeah. Both of my textbooks this semester can be bought online. I, I get that. And the insane thing now is that schools will have where they issue an iPad to every kid yeah, each yeah. year. And all their books, which I think it's awesome that kids don't ever have to have the 4,000-pound backpack that they have to walk home with every day because they have to take all their books home and they're all sure. – 10 pounds a piece but um then at the same time it's like ipads are a dangerous thing like but, it, it's cool to like sort of like streamline everything like that and it's so it's sleek and it's effective and it's not hard to sort of like manage everything but obviously they have regulations in there so like they can't connect to the internet or they can't play their games or like whatever they so can like, though well i think it depends on the school and how yeah. they're able to like regulate it like i don't know how works I, they, I didn't have that they well i didn't either but um we have some fa some family friends where when their kids were in school they got ipads they're i, I think they're they're one son i think he's 15 now and they had ipads when they were in school and his ipad he had all the games he wanted on it he had snapchat he had like all the stuff that he wanted it, it was an ipad that had the program downloaded on it for his textbooks, but outside of that, it was just an iPad. Like, it didn't have anything, like, it didn't block out certain apps so that they couldn't go on the internet or download Safari or to download Snapchat or Instagram and stuff. I think they should do that to make it like it's like a school iPad. It's like yeah. only school stuff. I agree. I bet, I bet there's freaking ways that they can do that. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. But when... Like, well, well, when when somewhere um to go eat has like an iPad for their their menus and stuff like that, it's like you can't just like hit home and go and play apps on it. Like you yeah. have, they only have the menu. Yeah. I'm sure that that they can do that for sure. Yeah, I think for to to answer the original question, I would probably say like yeah, seventh grade, eighth grade, um, because they're getting to the point where they're they're not. They're becoming more independent. Like a fifth grader is still super young. Sixth grade is still super young. Eighth grade is still super young. But, but yeah. that's when like you're <laughs> starting to play sports and you're starting to like, like you're not so much of a kid. You're more of a, you're like a preteen, like you're a teenager. Like it's like against your point. Yeah. You're socializing outside of your family or like, outside of a appointed dates by your parents. Yeah. And so it's becoming a little bit more, it, it, you're becoming more social and more friendly. And so I would probably say seventh or eighth grade, but to me in my head, like, so I got my first phone when I was in seventh grade. And the reason I got my phone was because I was on the basketball team and I would have practice after school. And then I would walk to my friend's house and then I would have to call my mom while I was walking there to let her know that I was walking home from that or whatever, or call her when like to pick me up after practice. And so that was like the only reason I got a phone. And it was a, flip phone and I had, there's no texting at the time. I didn't have any texting. Mm -hmm. um, it was just like phone calls. Um, and so I think that's like totally appropriate and fine.
But so in my head, like, I don't see, other than all the games and all the nonsense that are on these phones, like, there's no other point. A phone is, it's a computer that also makes calls. Yeah. And the whole point of me having a phone was so I can call my mom. Back then, right? Yeah. So I don't think, like, obviously, social aspects and everything, like, if other people have phones and you want a phone and blah, blah, blah. But like, there's, I don't think there's a need other than the social part. There's no need to have anything crazy until, well, just in general, ever really. (laughs) But the only reason like I'm on Instagram, I'm on Snapchat, one, it's kind of fun, but two is because everyone else is doing it and I want to feel included. Yeah. If I didn't have to have any of those apps, like I I don't have to, but like if I socially didn't feel like that's just just a little bullshit on. <laughs> yeah, but like, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. No, no, no. But <laughs> but my point is like, if I really didn't feel a need to have a Twitter or a Snapchat or an Instagram or anything else, like, I would. I'm I'm one hundred percent addicted to my phone. I will be the first to, to admit that I'm on my phone all the time. I'm always playing a game or trying to text somebody or I'm on Instagram or, or something like that. But in an, in an ideal world, I wouldn't even have a cell phone. Because fuck that. Like, I would want to, how you say, like, speak person, like, face to face, and that's all I need. And it might just be because of the time that I grew up in, but, like, I wouldn't talk to somebody on the phone unless I was at home. And I went and I knew your number by heart and yeah. I could go and I could text or not text, but like dial your, your like what your, what your number was. And then I'd call and then their mom would answer and I'd be like, Hey, is blah, blah, blah home. Yeah. Right. Okay. Here. And then, Hey, you want to hang out? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. And then so you hang up and, and then you ride your bike. bike. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's really like at that age, that's all you need a phone for. Yeah. You, you don't need to. And I, I get it. Like back when I was that age, I was like, oh my God, I want a cell phone so bad. Oh my God, I want a phone. Yeah. All my friends have a phone. I want a phone. Why can't I have a phone? And it's just like, I get it. But now that I'm older, it's like, fuck, do I need a phone for? Yeah. And like, it's been interesting too, just throughout this podcast. I've been guilty of it, but all four of us have been guilty of it. We've all been on our phones during this podcast. Well, it's so like at one point, Teddy texted me saying, I'm secretly texting you. And so I was in the back <laughs> of crying, laughing face. <laughs> but like, it's still like, wait, so you first answer the question, what age would you say? What age did you say? If I'm being an asshole of a parent, I'm thinking 15, because mm-hmm. that's when they start to so like, like eighth, ninth grade. That's a young fifth or uh, an old ninth 13 was seventh grade for me 14 was eighth grade and 15 was my freshman year i didn't drive till you're you're younger so you were at 13 and 13 and 8 14 and 9 15 and 10 yeah yeah all right cool yeah so you're thinking like ninth or tenth grade yeah i mean but then but then at the same time it's like how is young kids supposed to like get girls if he's (laughs) (laughs) but like at, but if you think about it, like you, 
the main point that every kid our age got a cell phone when they were young was to call their mom and dad to, to let them know either when to come 100% get them or at what point they hey got mom them. I'm done playing basketball yeah hey mom I'm done playing soccer yeah hey mom I'm done hey mom can I go to my friend's house yeah like can you pick me up from his house mm -hmm. yeah it's totally what it was but but at the same time it's like I would want my kid to have friends and be able to talk to friends and be able to like talk and organize when to hang out with somebody or if there's a girl that, that they like they can flirt with a girl and text them like I don't want to take that away from my kid but then at the same time I don't want to overexpose my kid to something that I don't think they should be exposed to at a younger age. So now here's a quick question. The parental control, Wi-Fi blocks, Wi-Fi droppage, where literally like our Wi-Fi router right now, when I was trying to change the name earlier today, it had parental blocks that I could select a certain device mm -hmm. and tell that device couldn't connect to the Wi-Fi. You, you should have blocked it. I could have like, so. yeah, Daniel, <laughs> block your No more Fortnite after one o'clock. <laughs> gotta, gotta go to bed, get ready for school. But like, what would you guys do with all that for your kids? Would you, would you block your kids and turn off their Wi-Fi or turn off like parental controls or block certain channels or? Yeah, I probably wouldn't. E. E. So, so my cousins um, have, oh my God, how old are Four and a two year old or something? Two and a three and a two year old? Whatever. I don't know. It's really bad. I don't know how old they are. Anyway, they're younger. And so they have a love hate. So my cousins, who are the parents, have love hate relationships with technology. Is this what I think it is? Yeah. So yeah. it's what I just learned. Anyway, so it's great because the kids can get so rambunctious and so wild all the time, right? Because they're little kids. They're just running around, yeah. being loud, yeah. yelling, mommy, 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 all the time. And they're adorable. I love them, but it could be super hello. And you click on the TV, and they're instantly silent. zoned into it. Watching yeah. it. Good to go. Brainwashed. And so, of course, they don't want them to just be like, to rely on television all the times to the point where they're just watching TV and they're just drones and they don't want to actually like play. They just want to focus on the TV. But sometimes, like, the parents need a, they just need a second. And so, like, maybe before dinner or whatever, when they're cooking dinner, like, getting shit ready, they're, like, put the TV show on and, like, just let it go. And which is kind of nice about Netflix is that there's no commercials, right? Right. And so they just, it goes one after the other, which kind of keeps the kids zoned in for that, like, 40 minutes of two episodes or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that the parents can actually cook I, and fix stuff. I get that. But back in my day... My mom and dad just punted me outside and say, go play a sport. Go hang out with a friend or something like that. Like, we didn't watch a show. We went out to my friend's house and, and we played football or we, we played basketball or right. something. Like, one we thing that I truly valued, like, Daniel, growing up with you, I loved, I don't know, growing up with you, I hated that your mom only let us play Xbox for, like, two hours during the day and then we weren't allowed to play. Talking with the computer. Um, we weren't allowed to play again until it was like super late at night and we came home in after playing paintball or airsoft or running around the backyard playing running with Sophie around the backyard all day. Yeah. And 
looked like I hated it back then that she was like, go outside, have some fun. But now looking back on it, I'm like, that made our childhood. That was the worst when a parent would restrict your friend and you on how much you could play like GameCube. Right, because like oh, my God, mom I hated that so my much. My mom tried worst. her hardest and bless her heart, I was just like, nah, I'm gonna play Nintendo. Nah, I'm gonna play PS2. I no, because I, I was a dude, I was a terrible kid. I'm sure. God, God bless you, mom and dad, for trying to take care of me. I know I was probably a little hellion. Shouts but, out, mom and dad. Still am. <laughs> um, no, but like now, looking back, having the ravine in our backyard, having the giant field in your backyard, having the whole wooded area next to Justin's house was so nice to be able to. Oh, we can just go run around, get hurt, and have fun? Cool. Now it's just like how – how one thing that I have, like, asked some of the kids that I coach is, like, do you guys ever just run around? And they're like, no, nah, we go play Fortnite or Call of Duty or, like – Are you high schoolers? Middle schoolers. Both. Yeah. Yeah. So, I – yeah, I, the middle schoolers that I've coached. I mean, I like, they – like, I didn't just go and, like – Running around at that age. At that age, we would be playing basketball or football. We didn't like play tag anymore. Right. You know, like we're kind of past that point where it's like, all right, we need an objective. Yeah, you need to be doing something. It's not just like imaginary play. But what yeah. I was talking, I was talking about four-year-olds. Four-year-olds can't go outside and by themselves and play. That's fair. Right. Yeah. True. Yeah. And so it's like if the parents are cooking dinner or if someone's at work, or whatever. Sometimes you need to get them to calm down or do something like of course you want to give them like other toys like a puzzle or whatever to play with but what did kids we have joking hazard. Of, yeah like, nothing what so what did we even do at that age that's what i'm trying to think of like i don't really remember three and four years old you can't your you, you, your memory starts at three years old yeah. um so but like yeah i don't wait, remember i mean i'll let that go <laughs> What? I just said, I don't really remember three and four, and then he goes, you can't. It starts at three. <laughs> I was like, he was just saying. Yeah, I know. I got what he, yeah. And you're 24 years old, so you're probably not going to remember something from 20 years ago when your brain wasn't even remotely developed yet. And so I think, I think there was like a bunch of games and books and puzzles and building blocks and Legos and Lincoln Logs, like all that kind of stuff. Legos, that was the shit. Yeah, but I don't think that just because we had those things doesn't mean that we were less of like annoying little kids. Oh no, I'm not saying I'm not saying that we're that we were less of a hindrance. I I honestly think it must have been a lot harder to take care of us because they parents back then would have had to deal with where the fuck is Johnny. Like, is he down the street two blocks away? Or is he, like, in the backyard hanging out in the treehouse? We're still thinking about four-year-olds. Yeah. So hang on. Going back to four-year-olds. So <laughs> it's like, where's Johnny? Is he upstairs in my closet playing with my shoes? Or is he downstairs in the basement, like, having a bookshelf fall on top of him? I feel like now a four-year-old and a two-year-old are like, hey, here's Doc McStuffins. Hey. Here's Blue's Clues. Like, just throw them in the corner, tell them to shut up, put Netflix in front of them, or even put them right next to you. And you like, if you're in the kitchen, you look into the dining room, and boom, there they are. But 
I feel like when we were younger, like two or four years old, we'd be crawling around or, I mean, I'm just, sure they had those, they had those bouncy things for us where they could kind of hear us wherever we went, but. I, I just, like, I just think it's amazing how now if you see a kid and you turn on a show, their, their mouth just is like open and their eyes are just blank and they're just watching yeah. the screen. Yeah, and they just sit there and they just like stare at the screen. And I think about like back when I was a kid, I would like build stuff with my Legos and I'd have like wars with the characters and stuff like that. And I had a G.I. Joe with something. The opportunity to be imaginative on a more frequent basis than they do now. So, how much is that? We don't know yet because those kids obviously aren't really old enough yet to really see a difference but how much is that going to affect us and was what we had more of a benefit because we actually had to use our minds in order to create stuff or is what they're having more of a more of a a, a benefit because they're being exposed to more than we were right but think of it this way too we sit on the couch and stare blank-faced at the TV sometimes. Or, I mean, we play video games as well. But, like, we sit at the couch and watch movies and just uh, and just stare. That is true. But then at the same time, it's like when you're younger, your brain, that, that is prime time for your brain to learn and soak up everything that it possibly can. And so you're learning how to build this or do that or like when they want a kid to learn if they speak English and they want a kid to learn Spanish you teach them as soon as you can because that's how they absorb it the best whereas an adult it's a lot harder for them to learn Spanish as as an adult as it is if you're like six years old and stuff like it your brain is already past that point where it's like reached its where it's done, like, and so you, you can learn now, but go on. Your brain is still trying to develop when you're a baby, and I think your brain continues to develop until you're like 21, 25, but like, yes. I don't think it changes much after 25. I mean, I'm not. It doesn't, but I'm saying. Okay. Let's talk to Dan. Think about it. Uh, it's called neuroplasticity, and you get like the, all the neurons are connecting like the majority in like the first like I don't know five six years of your life. So that's the most prime time on when you want to yeah. absorb as much as you possibly can. Door the Explorer. Yeah, didn't really watch it. What? Well, I know well, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's, is that even a show anymore? Yeah, still going. They still put out new shows, new episodes. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but so that's every day, man. Every morning. So we, don't, we don't really know if. I mean, so there's different types of memory. So there's like procedural memory, semantic memory, and like a bunch of like other shit. But so the question is, if you're like talking about like a four year old like actually like building stuff with his hands or whatever, um, that's procedural memory that they're like developing. But so. Someone watching TV, you have to think about it. Like, why do kids like to watch TV? It's because it's stimulating and it's a lot of colors and it's 
loud and you can like easily pay attention to it mm -hmm. as opposed to like Lincoln logs on the floor. There's something like going on with it. And so it's very easy for kids just to like watch it. But so watching it and taking in all this stuff, how is that developing their brain? I don't know. <laughs> but it would be super cool to see like what Knox was saying is like, what does it impact their imagination? Are they less likely to become a craftsman or something that works with their hands? Um, or are yes. they less likely to think critically about stuff? I don't know. What's up guys? Sorry about the ending. We um, got really caught up in our conversation and we actually kept talking for about half an hour after the ending, but unfortunately it looks like Anchor only allowed us to record an hour straight. Um, we will definitely be having more conversations in the future and we'll try and figure out how to not make it cut out after an hour. Thanks for listening. Hope you guys listen to the next one.